Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, how you doing? It's Rob O'Donnell here on the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. How's everybody doing the day after Super Bowl? Is everybody tired? Is everybody it was a late one too, overtime from what our our sports expert says. It was only the second time. Let me move that so I can see him. It's only the second time in Super Bowl history that uh, Super Bowl went into overtime. I had some questions myself, but I watched it. I stayed up for for the whole thing, and as soon as it ended, I, I didn't stay. <laughs> I didn't stay up for the uh, trophy presentation or any anything like that. Oh, well, we shut it off right as the game winner happened. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Kelly wasn't happy. I'm sure. I wasn't either because immediately, as soon as. McCall Hardman caught that touchdown for the Kansas City Chiefs to win their second consecutive Super Bowl, first team in 19 years to go back-to-back. Immediately, Rob, who does CBS pan to in the crowd? Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And Kelly grabbed the remote and was like, enough's enough. I've seen enough of this. I didn't blame her one bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was it was a good game. Uh, don't get me wrong there. It was a good game. It, oh, was, it was enjoyable a, it was to watch. Game. Yeah. Um, commercials, in my opinion, were horrible. There were some that, that were okay, but you know, I said somewhere right after halftime that the commercials were, were just horrible. Yeah, Bet MGM with Tom Brady, the Popeyes one with Ken from Mass Singer and, and The Hangover. I thought that one was pretty funny. And then probably the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger. In yeah, that state farm. Danny DeVito saw oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You can imagine, I, I went nuts as soon as that as soon as I saw the two of them together. Yeah, and, and the, the Dunkin' Donuts one was funny. And, you know, listen, that's what you want to see with something. I, I want to see collaborate, collabor- collaborations that you uh, don't expect to see. And, and not that you didn't expect to see that. You know, it was all friends and family as far as that. But the digs at the pinstripes and, uh, you know, Jennifer Lopez's, you know, ex-Bo being a Yankee and, and uh, you know, Ben Affleck, her current husband, being a, you know, staunch Boston guy. <laughs> Uh, with his friends, and then Tom Brady in there, and and the cute innuendos like, yeah, you know, hey, you guys got to leave, but Tom, you could stay. Yeah, um, yeah, I I like that playfulness out of it. Um, you know, so that was that was as, as silly as the commercial was, and again, let's not be, let's not fool ourselves. That's what people remember in these things. You know, the shocking, the silly, the Budweiser commercial with the Clydesdale and the dog. It was okay. Uh, I, I expected more. But, you know, when their budget was cut by how much because of stupid decisions they made, maybe they couldn't pay more actors or horses or dogs. I don't know. Maybe they're on a budget shortfall. But it looks like, uh, you know, they're trying to repair their image with Post Malone and such like that with their Bud Light commercials. And, and, hey, have at it. You know, you you made a mistake. Now fix it. And uh, I expect them to try to do that. Um, but other than that, no commercials really. I mean, silly movies that I, I don't think I want to see any of them. I mean, I saw the Broadway show Wicked. The Broadway show was good. I don't know if I'll waste time going to see the movie. I'll, I'll wait till it comes out on some kind of streaming service. You know, Despicables 4 and, you know, Deadpool versus uh, Wolverine. or there, there were a couple of other ones in there. But it, it was the halftime show was good. It was entertaining. It wasn't my cup of tea, but it was entertaining. I'll give it that. Um, you know, a nice, nice bunch of collaborations that were in there with the different artists. Again, not my cup of tea, but you know, if you're at a party atmosphere like a Super Bowl is, it, it got the crowd going. It was unique. Uh, you know, he, he for his age and and not really doing much for the past what decade or two. You know, he, he put on a really good show. His voice was good. 
Your yeah. opinion? Yeah, Usher. I know Usher sort of has been around Las Vegas the past year or two, especially. And and honestly, Rob, I mean, the halftime show itself, I was I was sort of in the middle of it. I mean, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was anything great. I didn't think it was it was anything crappy. I think probably, I think as as it progressed, I thought it got a little bit better. My favorite though was when Little John came out. That was that was yeah. probably what I enjoyed about it the most. And Ludacris, Ludacris always <laughs> yeah, puts Ludacris on a good show. Too. Yeah, you know I, I've seen Ludacris on a couple of occasions. He's always been a very nice guy. Um, I, you know I like his music. I, I like his movies that he's in. Like I said, it was it was entertaining. It wasn't an over the top like wow when it when it shut off. Um, I, I don't even know who that female guitarist was. I mean, they they said her name, I'm sure, but I, I have no clue who she was. Well, if they ever have another Super Bowl in Atlanta, Ludacris should be the halftime show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, but uh, you know, it was entertaining. I'll give it that. And this this the I really didn't have a a stake in the game as far as who won or who lost. I would have liked to have seen the 49ers win, I guess. Uh, that was my my go-to. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I understand with, with this whole, and this is one of the things I wanted to get to right off the bat, and we're going to talk about different aspects of the Super Bowl and the whole experience and stuff as we go through the show today. Um, but the, the, the shove that was heard around the world, let, let's call it that. I mean, I understand the passion in the game. I understand... The, the 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 tenseness and the excitement that's there, but the golden rule of football is you never put hands on or go in, really even go near the head coach. I mean, you have to think of every th- – there are so many levels of coaches there, and I understand Kelsey's sort of got this prima donna, and, and he's delivered on it. He let's let's let's, yeah. let's be let's be honest. He's delivered with, with his performance on the field and such like that. But Agreed. I think he thinks he can get away with things other players on that team don't, don't think they can get away with. And that's not the way it should be. There are so many layers of coaches. And if you really want to break down what goes on in a sideline, and I, I know from a college perspective and a high school, just the, the, the things that – Andy Reid is thinking about and contemplating decisions. He's playing about six games of chess in his head, watching what's going on, and and he's not making a lot of the specific decisions because that's why he brings in good off- offensive coordinators, defense coordinators, different position coaches. But for Kelsey to come up to him, get in his face, and just scream at him, and, and he accidentally bumped him. You know, he got a little over aggressive and bumped him. And Andy Reid is getting up there in age. You know, he's he is a big guy like myself, and you know, he lost his footing. But you know, if he would have toppled over and twisted a knee or something like that, you know, how how would putting him in pain for the rest of that game, or having him have to use a crutch or sitting in a chair, yeah. uh, determine that game if, if just for something like that? Rob, you nailed it. And honestly, like I talked about before on Nikki's show, I. When it comes to Travis Kelsey, the player, I definitely don't question his talent. I mean, when it's all said and done, he has he has three Super Bowl rings after last night. He's only one away from Rob Gronkowski for the most by a tight end with four. I don't question his talent, but his, his personality and his ego this year especially, that's not the first time that this has happened this year. And like you were talking about, it's the Super Bowl and it's – chess checkers you know however you want to look at it Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo on one side and then Kyle Shanahan and Steve Wilkes on the other side I get being animated I get the heat of the moment to a point because what resulted from that when Isaiah Pacheco from the Chiefs when he fumbled that ball and San Francisco came away with it 
Isaiah Pacheco. This was only his second year in the National Football League. And, yeah, what a start. Two seasons, two championships. But Isaiah Pacheco was going up and down that Chiefs sideline and telling players and coaches, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. Travis Kelsey, meanwhile, Travis Kelsey, after this happened, going over to Andy Reid, getting in his face and shoving him. And like you talked about, Andy Reid is going to be 66 years old next month. Travis Kelsey is 11 days older than I am. And honestly, it, excuse my language for saying it, but it pissed me off saying it. It honestly did because Andy Reid is one of the most respected, one of the most beloved coaches, not just in the NFL, not just in Kansas City, not just in Philadelphia, but honestly in NFL history. And I, I just felt like it was so disrespectful in itself. And Travis Kelsey should be so lucky that Andy Reid is one of the most easygoing coaches there is. Because, like I was saying earlier, if that would have been Bill Belichick, Bill Cower, Bruce Arians, Bill Parcells, Jimmy Johnson, if that would have been me, regardless of what age I would be, I would take one look at Travis Kelsey and say, you know what, I don't care if it's the Super Bowl or not, head to the locker room, you're done for today. That's the way that I would have handled it, but... Any other, any yeah. other team? I should say any other team. If that was college, if that was anywhere else, that would have mm-hmm. been done. Yep. I mean, just rule it. You do not go near the head coach during a game like that. You have so many. A matter. I mean, if you spend as much time, especially I spend a lot of time on college sidelines, on college stands behind behind the the, the sidelines. Yeah. Uh, you just don't go near the head coach. There, there's too many layers. What I don't care who you are. Maybe a quarterback. Maybe a starting quarterback. Maybe you know if it's a specific play for a star running back or a wide receiver. You know you'll have interaction with the head coach. That's a different story. Yeah. Or yeah. the head coach will come in and initiate something for someone he wants to you know pep up or kind of talk yeah. down. Uh, you know I get that. But for for to to be instigated and to think that in the middle of the Super Bowl, what you had to say was more important than anything else going on, and then accidentally bump them, you know, the shouting and stuff like that. And again, I get you want to get in there. I get you want to. But anywhere else he would have been benched, at least, oh, at a minimum, sure. at a minimum, for at sure. least for a couple of plays. No matter if you're the best ten- tight end in the NFL or not. And honestly, this isn't the first time, as I talked about, that he threw a temper tantrum this year when it was Christmas Day and they were hosting the Las Vegas Raiders at home. And Antonio Pierce's defense was spectacular in that game. Matter of fact, they had two touchdowns in a matter of eight seconds. Travis Kelsey came off the field, and he chucked his helmet. And once again, was shouting at Andy Reid. And I forget who it was, but someone someone on the Chiefs, they went to go pick up Travis Kelsey's helmet and give it back to him. And Andy stepped right in and and was like, no, don't give it to him. Let him sit. Let him think about the way that he's been acting. it, It just... I, if I if I were to really say what I think about Travis Kelsey, Rob, I think this this license would lose its. You know, I think the station would lose its license to tell you the truth because talent's one thing, but the attitude is another thing. Yeah, 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 no doubt. And, and you know, it's interesting. I, I when I was talking about the commercials, I said you know Bud Light, you know made. Uh, and he's the poster t- child for Bud Light, poster child for Pfizer. Yeah, but I, I get like, a text message. Yeah. How did Bud Light make a mistake, question mark, and get into snowflakes and all this other nonsense? Well, I, I would call losing $27 billion mm-hmm. a mistake. Uh, you know, you could discuss, you know, why or how. But yet you lose your company $27 billion. Yeah, it's a mistake. I'm sorry about that. Some people don't even want to talk about the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl. But it, <laughs> yeah. it, it's the Super Bowl. I mean, Reba, phenomenal job with the national anthem. Yeah, she was awesome. Um, 
you know, you can have dedications and talks. And, and was this the first year that the NFL did not do the Declaration of Independence? Or did they not do it last year as well? Usually at the start of the Super Bowl, they always do the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, I, I don't really remember it last year, but I didn't see it this year either. It was definitely not this year. Yeah. I don't know if it stopped last year or but or maybe the year before. But my my one of the big things that I looked forward to during the start of every Super Bowl is they do the Declaration of Independence, and they have different people talk the verses – Versus for it, it's all pre-recorded, but it's a great start of America's game, or what Absolutely. should be America's game. Uh, Reba did a phenomenal job with the national anthem. I, you know, I think that goes without saying. Uh, I don't know how old Reba is. I think she's in her seventies. Yeah, but uh, phenomenal, phenomenal. And, and here, you know, it, you can't say, well, oh, it just brought the house down. It doesn't have to bring the house down. And you know, it brought tears to many people's eyes. You yeah, know, like including Chris myself. Jones. Yeah, yeah. Jones on yeah that was a great when they were panning through the crowd. That was great. She is 68. She'll be 68. 69 next month. Oh, God bless her. God bless her. Yeah. Um, and like I said, we'll talk about the other intricacies, not so much the game, although that might come out, but just the, the whole the whole arena around the, the Super Bowl as we go on. Yeah. Plus, I have some updates on uh, the Houston shooting at the, the mega church, Joel Olstein's mega church. I just finished watching the press conference before I came on today. Yeah, ultimately, my synopsis of the Super Bowl is this. When it comes to Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Kansas City Chiefs, it's it's pretty much cemented that this is the next dynasty that we're witnessing. I mean, two in a row. And nobody has ever pulled off three Super Bowls in a row. Green Bay, 1965 to 1967, that was the last time that anyone three-peated, but never in the Super Bowl era. And when it comes to San Francisco and when it comes to Kyle Shanahan, this is, like we talked about, this is the cloud that's going to be hanging over him until he does win a Super Bowl. And some of the decision-making in the second half and in overtime, it's like the old saying goes, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And the efficiency that I saw from Brock Purdy, from Christian McCaffrey, the game that Jawan Jennings had, Jawan Jennings was a true X factor for the 49ers last night. And it just seemed like, unfortunately, in the second half and in overtime, they just sort of abandoned what was working for them. And credit to Steve Spagnuolo. He made the adjustments at halftime that he needed to, and that's all she wrote. Yep, and we're done until next year, so it's yeah. as simple as that. Uh, thanks, Jake. Like I said, Thank we're going to jump in and out of the different aspects of, of not, not just simply the game, but everything you know, economic-wise and everything that it brings to the, <clears throat> the area. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is uh, 3... 27 here, 45 degrees and mostly cloudy. Uh, like I said, just uh, before I came into the studio, they were having an update for the press conference for the Houston Mega Church, Joel Osteen's church. I believe it's the fourth or fifth largest congregation in the, in the nation. Um, the shooting that happened yesterday, and, and there's some updates in it. And if you notice, it's already dropped off the first couple of pages as far as some of the mainstream media goes, which should give you, should raise the red flags to you that shows you there's something more there. Um, they'll, uh, they gave some updates. The, the, the shooter has been identified, 36-year-old female Hispanic Genevieve Moreno. Uh, she also goes by the name Jeffrey and has identified it as a male in certain things. Now, there's been a the talk, oh, she's a transgender male or such like that. Everything I found shows that she's dressed as a woman. She has used the name Jeffrey. She has identified as Jeffrey on multiple occasions. Uh, the child that was first reported as five years old was seven years old. It is her biological child, seven-year-old. 
uh, child that is in critical condition was shot once in the head. I'm getting reports that she did use the child as a human shield, thinking that anyone there would not fire upon her. Now, she did open with a semi-automatic rifle, and there was a sticker on the side of it that said Palestine. They have found anti-Semitic writings at her home during a search warrant. She was also in the possession of a 22 caliber rifle, although that was not used at all during the, uh, during the event. She parked her car. She took the child out of the car. She took a bag out of her car. She walked. She approached a security officer on the outside of the church by a side entrance. They did let her in. She did go in, and immediately upon entering the vestibule of the lobby of the church, she removed the rifle and opened fire. Thankfully, there were two off-duty police officers there that were doing security, both uh, authorized paid security detail at the location, which a lot of churches, which a lot of large churches especially, have. And um, they returned fire, striking her multiple times and uh, bringing them down. There was also another bystander that was shot in the leg um, at this point. They have found that in 2016, this woman was sent for a psychological evaluation, a mandatory hold back in 2016. She has a history of mental history, of, of mental illness, and a long rap sheet, including multiple assaults, assault on elected officials, um, and, and such like that. So that's what we know at this point uh, on her arrest paperwork, and I did see some of the media jumping on that already. Some of her arrest paperwork states that she was a female, non-Hispanic, but yet shows she was born in El Salvador. Some media have ran with a white female with an AR-15 type rifle, opens fire on a church. That's the headlines on some news outlets out there. Now, that's slowly gone away, especially now that more and more information is coming out that this person you know, has a history of uh, mental illness. It was, as per her own uh, arrest reports, born in El Salvador. She is here legally. Uh, from what everything, everything that I've seen so far. And uh, they are saying that the anti-Semitic writings that they found stem from either wh whoever she was in a relationship with. I'm not sure if it was her husband, her common-law, her partner, or whatever, was of Jewish faith. And they're saying that her anti-Semitic remarks, anti -Semitic remarks are stemming from a domestic relationship that she had with a Jewish man that went bad and his families, her in-laws. So that's what they're, they're blaming that on. But she did have a semi-automatic style rifle and it did have a sticker on it that said Palestine. Uh, Anti-Semitic writings found at her home during a search warrant and did bring a seven-year-old child who was shot once in the head and is in critical condition at this time, who was her biological child. And from reports I'm getting, she did use the child as a human shield, thinking that they would not be, uh, they would not return fire after she fired multiple shots at this point. So that's what we know now. And again, 2016 was sent for a, a mandatory hold and evaluation by the Houston Police Department, has a history of mental illness and a long rap sheet of arrests, including multiple assaults, from what I read. So we will uh, keep an eye on that. But it, when you, when you, Start seeing something like this, especially at a church, any mass shooting at a church, 
and all of a sudden it disappears or, or school or anywhere and it starts disappearing from the headlines, it starts working its way down, that's the ones you want to pay attention for because it's not a narrative that they obviously want to push. So that's the, that's the most recent update. That's what I have for you now, and we'll, we'll keep on this as they move further with their investigation. But the, this is coming from Christopher Hasek. He's the Houston, uh, Houston Homicide, head of Houston Homicide Division. That's where all that information is coming from. It's uh, 3.32 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Brian Hughes in for Paul Michaels. It's that she was a female, non-Hispanic, but yet shows she was born in El Salvador. Some media have ran with a white female with an AR-15 type rifle opens fire on a church. That's the headlines on some news outlets out there. Now, that's slowly gone away, especially now that more and more information is coming out that this person you know, has a history of uh, mental illness. It was as per her own uh, arrest reports, born in El Salvador. She is here legally uh, from whatever, everything that I've seen so far. And uh, they are saying that the anti-Semitic writings that they found stem from either whoever she was in a relationship with. I'm not sure if it was her husband, her common law, her partner or whatever was of Jewish faith. And they're saying that her anti-Semitic remarks, anti-Semitic remarks, are stemming from a domestic relationship that she had with a Jewish man that went bad, and his family's, her in-laws. So that's what they're they're blaming that on. But she did have a semi-automatic style rifle, and it did have a sticker on it that said Palestine. Uh, Anti-Semitic writings found at her home during a search warrant. And did bring a seven-year-old child who was shot once in the head and is in critical condition at this time, who was her biological child. And from reports I'm getting, she did use the child as a human shield, thinking that they would not be, uh, they would not return fire after she fired multiple shots at this point. So that's what we know now. And again, 2016 was sent for a, a mandatory hold and evaluation by the Houston Police Department has a history of mental illness and a long rap sheet of arrests, including multiple assaults from what I read. So we will uh, keep an eye on that. But it, when, you, when you start seeing something like this, especially at a church, any mass shooting at a church, and all of a sudden it disappears or, or a school or anywhere, and it starts disappearing from the headlines, it starts working its way down, that's the ones you want to pay attention for because it's not a narrative that they obviously want to push. So that's the, that's the most recent update. That's what I have for you now, and we'll we'll keep on this as they move further with their investigation. But the, this is coming from Christopher Hasek. He's the Houston, uh, Houston Homicide, head of Houston Homicide Division. That's where all that information is coming from. It's uh, 3.32 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Brian Hughes and for Paul Michaels. Hey, you're at the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio on this Monday, February 12th, 2024. Um, well, this weekend I was up in Saratoga Springs, New York. Uh, went to their, they had their Chowder Fest this weekend. Anywhere between 35 and 50,000 people show up to Chowder Fest. And with all the businesses up there, they had 80 different chowders to sample and check out around town. And they close off streets, and it's just a good time up there. And I had the opportunity, I know Nikki was talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and stuff like that earlier. Uh, I had the opportunity to go to a place called Tin and Lint Bar. It's a dive bar up there. It's off the beaten path. But I was uh, able to sit in the very booth that Don McLean wrote part, at least part, of American Pie. 
there. And I took a picture in the booth, and there's a bronze plaque on the booth to where he sat and wrote uh, some of the lyrics on a, on a napkin. And uh, there is some dispute if the whole song was written there or not and how. Uh, there's no doubt that he wrote, he, he Don McLean played at a bar up the street, at a place up the street from here, and did go there for lunch that day and did write some notes down. But um, by all accounts, it's the place where at least some of the hit song American Pie was written at Tin and Lintz in Saratoga Springs. So it was it was nice to take a picture in there. And, and my friends live up there, and they, they know the area well, and they've been in there. It was interesting because it, it truly is a dive bar. It's 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 not not a bad bar, but it's you go down. It's in, almost in a cellar. You have to go down in stairs, so it's under the the, the ground level. And um, if you didn't know it was there, if you didn't know its significance, you wouldn't have a clue. Except for the booth has this bronze plaque saying, you know, in 1970, here's where Don McLean wrote uh, American Pie. But there were younger. I say kids, they were in their 20s, probably 23, 24, sitting at the booth and truly had no clue the significance of the booth. And we were sitting at another booth, like across from it, kind of waiting for them to leave. Uh, I wanted to take a picture. Obviously, they were there. I didn't want to take a picture with them there or make them feel awkward. But I, I was just saying to my friends up there, I said, you know, how does this place not say, like, cordon off that table and say, hey, you know, if you want to sit at that table, it's a $10 cover charge. And then you just pay for drinks like everybody else. And like I said, it's a dive bar. The drinks are very inexpensive. It's not like the high prices of, you know, Saratoga Springs with the racetracks there and everything there. There's a lot of a lot of money up there, uh, no doubt. High-end stores. There's an authorized Rolex dealer on their main street, uh, an outfitter's store, you know, saddle stores that have uh, top, top of the line, uh, you know, saddleware and, and hats and Stetsons and all that. It's just a truly great place to go. It's not, not far from the great uh, Lake George. That's there, so it's a good time, any time of year. But you know they have a function there, the Chowder Fest. It was a reason to go up and have a good time and hang out with good friends, and that's what we did. But you know, thankfully, about halfway through us being there, this this group of young young kids got up and left, and we were able to sit there and have a couple of drinks ourselves. And I was able to take a picture. And if you follow me on social media, you could see the picture of Tin and Lintz. The, I took a close up of the bronze plaque, as well as me at the booth. But it's a song that I no doubt grew up with. Uh, I know a lot of the listeners grew up with that type of with that song. Uh, to this day, it's an iconic song. A matter of fact, when we got in the car after leaving there, driving back to uh, to the house for the evening, you know, we put it on and played it. So it was a great great piece of uh, Americana for me to do this weekend. So uh, you know, that's what I did this weekend, and then drove home Saturday after uh, Sunday afternoon. Got home, you know, a little bit before the Super Bowl started. Did what we need to do around the house, watch the Super Bowl, and that was the end. Went to bed as soon as it ended. I wish it would have ended earlier so I could have went to bed earlier, but that's where it's at. I was looking at this locally. Uh, more than a quarter of Lackawanna County municipalities hiked their taxes in 2024. Both of Lackawanna County's two cities and nine other municipalities raised property taxes in 2024. Scranton, Carbondale, Archibald, Dalton, Dixon City, Music, La Plume, Madison, North Abington, and Scott Township all raised their taxes this year. Some property owners in Waverly Township also pay more in 2024. Um, and listen, people here, well, taxes are going up. 
and they, they get crazy. And one of the biggest problems in this area is politicians who lie to you and try for two or three, four years, oh, we're not going to raise the taxes. We're going to lose. Unless you're cutting things, you're going to have to raise taxes. Things cost more. People get raises. You need to keep good workers there for you or else they go somewhere else. You need to keep up with inflation. Things cost more. You know, asphalt costs more. Salt costs more. Things cost more. But the job of someone, a good steward with fiduciary duty, is someone who keeps it in line, someone who offsets it with cuts when you can. You don't overextend yourself. You don't pay for positions you don't need. You don't give people or friends exorbitant salaries to do things. But there's nothing wrong with raising taxes 1%, 2%, even in an emergency situation, maybe 3% each year because things do cost more. But it's the people who, and school boards have been renowned for this, townships have been renowned for this, even counties. You know, I'm going to hold the line. There, there's going to be no taxes, no new taxes under my administration. Well, how are you going to be honest and deal with the increase in costs, increase in fuel costs, increase in all costs, replacement? You know, what's your capital reserve replacement programs look like? Are you saving for that? Does that keep up with inflation? Because that goes up every year. So what are you going to do there? And for the people who just think, well, I'm only in this for three, four years, and I'm going to be the good guy rather than be a good steward of the money, that's how we get in trouble, and then all of a sudden you need this great tax increase. That's why Lackawanna County, we're looking at, what, $19 million deficit because they stopped paying bills? It's crazy. It's uh, 344 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Come on, how can you go wrong with that song right there? Here with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Well, it says uh, millennial money. So uh, if you get a raise, here's what to do with the money to help you out. Whether it's a 5% increase or a 20% bump, a pay raise at work is the opportunity to take charge of your financial priorities. And I, I talk about this all the time. We live up to what we make. Uh, our lifestyle suits with the amount of money we have coming in, unless you make a conscious decision to take some right off the get and put it somewhere else and, and do something with it. And that's basically what they're suggesting here. Uh, you could decide to treat yourself, but it's better to, and they call what I'm talking about lifestyle creep. Many personal finance ex, personal finance experts warn against financial creep, which is when you begin to spend more as you earn more. Lifestyle creep can take on the form of buying more conveniences like ordering food more often or buying more expensive or high-quality items like sturdier hiking boots and better brands of skincare products. Uh, they're saying don't fall into that. Obviously, treat yourself. You, you need to enjoy the spoils somewhat. So take a portion of even if it's even if it's a 1% or 2% raise, even if it only comes to $40 a paycheck. Um, it's not factored in. You were living without it beforehand. If you take that and set it aside— Put it in, a, in a, a, an increased savings account, a high-yield savings account, uh, some kind of index fund, a, you know, a Roth IRA, a 401k, something that's going to make money for you. Like I said uh, last week, I just said, I just took out a CD from one of my banks. It's making over 5% interest on, on a CD. And, uh, you know, it's, it's short-term. It's not locking down money a lot. And, again, it's just a CD. So, uh, you know, I can in an emergency use it. I just lose some interest on it. But uh, – Make it a priority to time when you get an increase like that. Set it aside. Do something else with it. Have it get redirected so you don't even see it. It doesn't even go into your 
your, your debit card or where you would see the money you're, so you're spending or have it available to you. Because when you look at your balance, you're like, all right, maybe I won't eat out again this week because the balance is, you know, not really conducive to it. But remember, you took the money right off the get and put it somewhere else where it's safe. So uh, it gives you the opportunity to do those things. And that's what they, the experts are saying to do. Whether you decide to pay off debt, pad your safety net, invest, give back, improve your quality of life, or treat yourself. A raise is a good time to think about that. And uh, the beginning of the year is a time when a lot of people, you know, it could be their annual day of hire that an increase would take effect, or it could be anything. That goes for bonuses, too. You know, bonuses are nice. Take a section of it if you get a bonus each year. Do something with it. Treat yourself. Go out to a nice dinner. Go on a weekend trip or something. But put it somewhere where it's going to benefit you. You'd be amazed how that little nest egg goes up and up. And a lot of people, more and more, especially over the past couple of years, you know, some people were able to get a nest egg going because of COVID funds that they were going. They weren't spending enough as much money. They weren't spending as much on gas. They weren't buying lunch every day. Commuting costs were down. Uh, you know, a lot of people built up some savings. And a lot of people in the past two years have been eating through that or even more so getting debt that's been crazy. I mean, we're, we're at a record debt. And one of the things when everybody says how great things are, um, how come debt is skyrocketing? And how come we're hitting sk skyrocketing credit card debt, skyrocketing you know, mortgage debt, skyrocketing people falling behind on their rents? And uh, something's not matching up. Something's not there. And uh, are we all just imagining what we're feeling or, or are people really struggling from month to month? And with the amount of debt that's going up, it appears that that's going to be the, that's the case because it just seems to, to more and more there. So it's a good time of, of year when you get that little bump at work. Set it aside, even if it's just for a year, even if it's just for a couple months, and then do something nicer with it instead of just squandering it that week or the two-week pay period or you ever get or that month, depending on how you paid. You know, you'll just do it that way. Let's go to the phones. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Let's check in with uh, Lorraine from Hazleton on tomorrow's storm. Now, Lorraine, we're going to get anywhere from 2 to 80 inches of snow, so... Well, I'm going to tell you something important and something pertinent that you didn't know, I don't think. Do you know what the name of the storm is? No, I do not. Well, now you're going to know. It's Lorraine. Is it really? I'm not kidding you. Yes, it is. My friend called me before, and I said, oh, my gosh, I didn't even know. I said, I got to call one of my buddies up on the radio and tell him. There you go. So, I didn't even know this storm was named, so now we got a name storm. And, yeah, and it's going to be all your it, fault. <laughs> that's right. Listen, if it, yeah, if we get 10 million inches of snow, it's going to be my fault. But if they downplay it to half an inch, you could give me credit. Oh, I will. <laughs> Believe me, we will. Make sure now mention my name. <laughs> I think it's going to be mentioned. <laughs> Wait, I call the others tomorrow. Maybe by now they'll know it if they're listening. Well, if it's tomorrow, what, it's supposed to snow tomorrow, tonight into tomorrow, right? So by tomorrow, well, we'll know. Hey, if I'm in tomorrow, it wasn't too bad. But, you know, I got I got my good Aaron snowblower and I got my four-wheel drive. So hopefully 
I'm here. And your skis? <laughs> no, no you skiing for that. me. No skiing no for skiing me. But if if I'm yeah. if I'm here tomorrow, it can't be too bad. But I, I got all morning to clear it clear it away. I would imagine the oh, school's well, going to be uh, either virtual or, <laughs> or closed, so my wife will be off the hook. So I, there'll be no pressing need for me to get the driveway clear super early. Uh-huh. Well, I wanted to know about that song now. Were you able to go to the bathroom? Because remember, that was one of the songs that they used to play with the disc jockeys years ago. When they played the record, they were able to go to the bathroom, and it was still playing the song when they came back. It is. Did what what is it? It's like a seven- or eight-minute song, right? Yeah. Oh, wait. Am I right with that one? And then there's one more, MacArthur's Park. Yep. That was another one they played. All right, Lorraine, I'm up against the Bloomberg, but I appreciate you telling me the storm's name. Now we know who to blame, and tomorrow, if it's not too bad, we'll tell you how great you did. That's right. When Nikki comes on with the wet, oh, no, she comes on with the traffic. Okay, I'm Thank you. Time for the Bloomberg. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Well, not so good news for the Trump haters out there. A judge says that district attorney in the Trump election case in Georgia, Fannie Willis, could be disqualified and that a hearing must occur, as per ABC News. So um, it's not looking good for Fannie Willis. We'll have to see uh, Answer the Piper with uh, some not-so-ethical maybe uh relationship she was having maybe some gifts she was getting or perks let's say but uh a judge said that she can be disqualified and that a hearing must occur must that's uh, some strong language there and uh it's gonna be embarrassing for her and her special prosecutor who's never prosecuted such a case before but made an extraordinary amount of money and in turn took her on lavish trips